You are listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled How to Know. Hello my radio friends, I'm glad you've joined me again for another program in the series Give Me the Bible. And I sincerely hope that these programs are helpful to you. Today we will consider a very important and probably a very personal topic. Many years ago my cousin, Dean, was walking along one of Adelaide's beaches. It was a beautiful summer's day and there were lots of people at the beach. As Dean was walking, a young man, a stranger, approached him and asked him, Are you saved? Now, that was a question totally out of the blue and caught Dean off guard. Dean told me about the incident and if I remember correctly, his answer was a bit vague. No doubt if a total stranger approaches you with such a question, at the very least, it'll provoke some serious thoughts. Some, if asked that question, don't want to be presumptive and recognise that there is a possibility that at some future time they could fall out with God. As a result of that thought, they could be quite reserved in how they answer the question. Others may be quite positive and answer with a certain, Yes, I am. And others again would disregard the question and treat it as unimportant. But now, I want to ask you the question, Are you saved? Are you ready for the return of Jesus? Are you ready to meet your Maker? If you hesitate to answer, that's okay. But please think carefully about it, and I will respect your answer. There are those who say that they are saved because they feel saved. And of course, others have a more conservative answer because they don't have any special feelings about being saved. So what sort of reassurance would anyone have that he or she is saved? Don't take the word of a priest or what the dogmas of a church may say. Feelings are unreliable, so they may or may not give a true indication. The only way, and I repeat this, the only way is to rely on what the Word of God, the Bible, has to say. What I want to share with you now are some Bible statements about how to be saved. All these statements are from the New Testament, and the first is from Matthew 24 and verse 13. 
The same thing is said in two other places in the Gospels. The verse says, He that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. You know, there are plenty of people who at one stage decided to follow the Lord, but for one reason or another quit. Those who are the quitters cannot look forward to be saved. They have chosen to leave God out of their lives, so they must be prepared to face the consequence of their sins. Although some religious groups believe in the once saved, always saved idea, a proper understanding of the Bible shows that that idea is false. The second statement is from the book of Mark, chapter 16, verse 16. It says, He who believes and is baptised shall be saved, but he who believes not shall be damned. This verse outlines the principal point of how to be saved, to believe. But how do you believe, you might ask? Or what do you believe? It is to believe that Jesus, God the Son, came to earth to give his sinless life, to pay the penalty of death for our sins, for us. It is also to believe that he rose from the dead as a guarantee of the resurrection of those whose lives ended where they were faithful servants to the Lord. The verse also adds a secondary point, to be baptised. Baptism is a sign. It's a public sign that someone has chosen to follow Jesus and to begin a new life. It is symbolic of death and resurrection, the death and resurrection of Christ, and also death to one's old life of sin and resurrection to a new life of righteousness. There is no case to be made for infant baptism as infants are unaware of sin. Infants are not, I'm sorry, infants are not really responsible for their actions until they understand right and wrong. In John chapter 10 and verse 9 is another statement about being saved. It says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And this is explained further in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, which says, Neither is there salvation in any other than Jesus, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. Is it possible to be saved, that is, to be given eternal life, through Buddha or Muhammad or Confucian, Confucius, I should say, 
Mao Zedong or Krishna. No way. There is only one way, and that is through Jesus. He is God who gave his perfect life to substitute for people's imperfect lives. Another statement. This one is from Romans 10, verse 13. It says, For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now what does this mean? It means that when someone reaches a stage in his or her life and are at a point of desperation and ask for God to get them out of their sinful mess, God will answer their plea for help. He will not deny them and tell them to get stuffed or get yourself out of the mess. He's not like that. He's merciful and kind. And then there is this famous text found in Acts 15.11, which says, We believe that through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ we shall be saved. This text, along with Ephesians 2 verse 8, was the hinge point of the Protestant Reformation. Ephesians 2.8 says, For it is by grace you are saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Up until then, the church taught that people had to pay and pray the rosary or to some so-called saints and do all sorts of things such as making pilgrimages by denying themselves comforts, by denying themselves comforts, by enduring self-imposed hardships, that they could earn brownie points with God. The Roman Church imposed the idea that the people should earn their salvation by works, that is, deeds. But that was all wrong. It was wrong back then, and it is still wrong today. Salvation is God's gracious gift to repentant sinners. In Revelation chapter 14 and verse 12, is a powerful definitive statement about those who are the saints or the saved. Saints are not people who've been canonized by the Roman Church, although many people accept that definition without question. Saints are the people of God, people who honor and serve him in their lives. Nothing more, nothing less. The verse says, referring to the saints, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. The saints, are they saved? And what are they like? Well, they do what God wants. They keep God's commandments and they belong to Jesus 
as they have accepted him as their saviour. Have you ever heard the term cheap grace? This refers to people who claim the merits of Jesus on their behalf, who claim they are forgiven, and then blissfully go on in the same old sinful ways, claiming forgiveness and then going on with more sinning and so on and so on. Grace, the kindness of God, was never cheap. It might be cheap to us, but it cost heaven everything. It cost the life of God himself, and that's certainly not cheap. I know a man who's very troubled in his mind about whether he's saved or not. I've counselled him many times, but those doubts often arise again and again. He feels that he's failed to live up to God's standards, the standards he knows he should live up to, and because of that he feels condemned and that he will lose eternal life. Often I've reminded him of what the Bible says in 1 John 1 verse 9, where the Bible says, If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We'll have a little break and go on straight afterwards.
Just before the break, I mentioned to you about a man who feels very unsure about his salvation. And I read you a text. Some of you might feel just like this man does. The text is in 1 John 1, 9, which says, If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That helps the man, but sometimes when he's stressed, he swears and he knows he shouldn't do it. Hence his doubt about whether he's saved or not. But as I said earlier, feelings are not a reliable guide as to whether we are saved or not. It must depend on the word of God. There was another young man who was also very unsure of whether he was saved or not. At the age of 17, he entered university, where later he received a Master of Arts degree. When he was 22, he was caught in a terrific thunderstorm, and he was so afraid that he called out, Save me, Saint Anne, and I'll become a monk. He was far, his father was very disappointed that young Martin was turning his back on law and taking up studies and the practice to be a monk. Martin spent several years in a monastery, but he was unsatisfied. Instead of finding religious enlightenment, he found disappointment, especially as those who were supposed to be examples to him were living corrupt lives. Martin was invited to a church conference in Rome, and this further disillusioned him, as there he witnessed immorality and corruption amongst the priests of the Roman church. Young Martin was confused, although he was an excellent student, and he became professor of theology at the universe of, uh, University of Wittenberg. But he was unable to have peace. He had done his best in studies and had lived an exemplary life, yet felt unsure or not whether he was saved. It was only when he was studying the scriptures that he began to understand that salvation did not depend on how much you tried to be good or how many prayers you said or how much you gave to the church or anything like that. It depended on a completely honest acceptance of what was written in God's word, the Bible. These words consumed him. They are found in the book of Romans, and this is what kept ringing in his mind. The just shall live by faith. Here was peace. Here was reassurance. Here was satisfaction. The event leading from this moment of realisation were some of the most significant events ever to occur on planet Earth, the Protestant Reformation began. 
Martin Luther was put under a lot of pressure to change his position against the Roman Church. A special conference, what was known as the Diet of Worms, where various church and civil dignitaries assembled were set up to both hear and condemn Luther and at least dissuade him from writing and preaching against the practices of the Roman Church. But Luther stuck to that which had given him peace and satisfaction. He was not overawed by the pomp and ceremony at the assembly. What he maintained was, You show me from Scripture where I am wrong, and then I will recant and accept what you want me to do. But no one was able to convince Luther to alter his position regarding the Catholic Church, because no one could prove him wrong from God's word. What Luther said then is still true today. Believe what the Bible says. It is the only safe course to follow. Dear friends, if you're someone who is plagued by feelings of uncertainty about whether you're saved or not, remember feelings are not a safe guide. Depend only on what the Word of God says. Of course, it must be recognised that with acceptance of God's grace comes a responsibility to be faithful. But if you should fall into sin, remember God is faithful and will forgive you if you are truly sorry for what you have done. He will not cast you out. Keep the words of this text in mind. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are but dust. Don't be discouraged, cling to the word of God and act on what it tells you to do. Well, with that, we must stop today. Thank you for joining me, and I look forward to next time when you join me again in another in the series, Give Me the Bible. And until then, I wish you peace, God's peace, a peace that lasts, a peace that passes all understanding. Close to Thee Through this world of toil and snare Yeah
my burden share None but Thee, dear Lord, none but Thee Just the close to walk with Thee Granted, Jesus, hear my plea Daily walking close to Thee Let it be, dear Lord, let it be Life is old The time for me will be no more Guide me gently, safely on To thy kingdom shore To thy shore Just Close to walk with thee Granted Jesus hear my plea Daily walking close to thee Let it be, dear Lord, let it be